Welcome back, everyone. I am Cass Piancy. I'm joined as I'm a partner in crime, Mr. Bennett Tomlin. How are you today? I'm doing well. There's a lot going on. It's been a crazy few days. It it really has. Um, <laughs> over here, we had basically a hurricane level event in California. So I missed a lot of this yesterday. It's going to be fun to uh, catch up with the rest of our audience. Um, as we dive into this, but uh, yeah, let's start out with my favorite, uh, Justin Sun. We've talked about him so much on this podcast. Um, big fan, you know, open invitation, Justin, please join us. Um, he unfortunately was named along with a slew of other people who I'm going to let you get into, uh, but he was named along with the Tron Foundation, BitTorrent Foundation, and Rainberry Incorporated. Uh, and a jury trial is demanded now. They're going to be fighting the SEC. Uh, and the suggestion is that there was market manipulation and fraud. So I, I, I will I will read bits and pieces from it as we go along. But I would love for you to just dive into the uh, exacts of this. Well, as no one could have possibly foreseen, the SEC thinks Tron and BitTorrent token might be unregistered securities. This was shocking news, of course. And like, they laid out their case pretty convincingly for both of these tokens. They pointed towards communications from Justin and the respective foundations that talked about basically expectation of profit for the investors. They showed Justin, the BitTorrent Foundation, and the Tron Foundation investing all this effort into trying to get this token listed on other exchanges and talking about how the price would go up when this would happen. They entered in a whole bunch of Justin's tweets in the suit. They had a whole bunch of Tron Foundation Medium posts, and they laid out that they think both of these things are unregistered securities. Now, as you said, that's not all there is to this case, though, because... Well, there's a few interesting wrinkles to it. There's the market manipulation you mentioned, but there's also something that might affect a lot of other cryptocurrencies, which is that in this case, they make the claim that the airdrop of BitTorrent token to existing Tron token holders was an offer or sale of unregistered securities. Even though these individuals weren't directly purchasing these tokens, it was still an offer or sale. And the other thing they called an offer or sale, which I thought might be even more interesting, was both Tron and BitTorrent ran these different like social media contests and schemes where people would have this opportunity to effectively promote these tokens and get a entered into a chance to win some of them, and that counted as an offer or sale of unregistered securities as well. And so just like based on the way they define security in this case and the things that counted as an offer or sale of unregistered securities, they are taking a very broad view of potential tokens that could end up being securities. At least that was my first takeaway. Before we get into the market manipulation and before we get into Jake Paul and the other celebrities, just the like initial breath they were taking was quite interesting to me. Well, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Do you think they have uh, an argument to be made that that these are, are indeed not securities? Like, I, I'm I'm curious, like, if there is um, a method to the madness here, or if you think that Justin Sun and and uh, and Soldier Boy are, you know, being Justin Sun and Soldier Boy. We, I think both you and I are probably on the record at this point 
suggesting that Tron was an unregistered security. And that's not even mentioning any of like the exchange tokens or stuff that Justin is involved in now or the true stable coins he had or has some ambiguous relationship with. Not even talking about those. We had for years suggested that Tron might be a security. And so, yeah, no, I'm not surprised it's coming. And yeah, they'll try to make the same argument. They'll probably both try to argue it's not a security, so it doesn't matter. And even if it is a security, we weren't really in the U.S., so you don't have jurisdiction over us. But like, fundamentally, the sale of the Tron token looked a lot like a security sale. And even going back to like when we had Preston Byrne on here a long time ago, we talked about how even the Ethereum ICO looked a lot like a security sale. And I think like after Hinman's comments and stuff for the SEC, it is unlikely that any of the people involved in the original Ethereum sale get in trouble for it. But like that model is not a safe model. And the fact that it was replicated repeatedly does not make it safe. Yeah, it's fascinating. Also, like, I don't know. It's been so such a long time coming to see Soldier Boy and uh, you know these other these other individuals who were tweeting and putting out videos and shilling to their heart's content for years uh, finally get a little bit of attention. I don't think they. I mean, if we want to, if we want to talk about big fish versus minnows, like, yeah, I think that. Um, Soldier Boy is a minnow. Justin Sun is a, that's a pretty serious He's a whale. Yeah, that's a whale. Um, but they're not going to, like, even if they win, this is a civil case. I, we need to reiterate that. This is a civil case. It's not yeah. a criminal case. Um, we don't know if there's a criminal case against Justin Sun right now. It is crazy to reflect on him having lunch with Warren Buffett. Also, I just reflected and realized he's supposed to go on Blue Origin and be uh, taking off and going to space, I assume that that is not gonna happen anymore. That like a non-refundable ticket to space has been canceled because I don't think he can step foot in America anymore. If I was his lawyer, I would probably advise against it. Yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, and you mentioned the celebrities there, so let's talk a little bit about those. There were eight celebrities named in the SEC press release and in the orders in the complaint who were allegedly paid to—no, who were paid to promote Tron and BitTorrent token, and they did it all over a couple of days. Those celebrities were Lindsay Lohan, Jake Paul, Kendra Lust, an adult film star, Little Yachty, Neo, Akon, Austin Mahone— and Soldier Boy, and they did all of their tweets just right in a couple-day period, which led to Justin Sun tweeting, Tron is the celebrity's crypto. And then when a bunch of people responded to that tweet with at SEC enforcement, Justin Sun tweeted, there have been rumors lately of third-party celebrities being paid to promote Tron. Tron Foundation is not involved in these activities, nor is the foundation aware of the actors behind this. Which is wild, because this SEC lawsuit says Justin Sun was the one responsible for sending payments to these celebrities. The Tron Foundation picked the specific words they were supposed to tweet, and they were told to make sure that these celebrities did not disclose they were being paid to do this. Yeah, so Justin Sun, sure, you had you had no idea that the Tron Foundation might be involved in paying celebrities. Sure, sure, right. let's believe that. And like, 
these are, and like, yeah, yeah. So all these celebrities ended up getting paid to make these tweets. Six of the eight were smart enough to agree to an order with the SEC where they ended up paying collectively 400K to the SEC, I think, and agreed to stop promoting unregistered securities. We'll see if they follow through with that. This is not Lindsay Lohan's first time, and I'm kind of skeptical it'll be her last. Um, but Austin Mahone and Soldier Boy decided apparently not to agree to that order. And so they will also apparently be going to trial with the SEC to try to argue that their paid tweets promoting unregistered securities that didn't have the required FTC ad disclosure or the required SEC securities disclosure were actually okay. We'll see how that goes. I, I want to mention that there's some interesting details in this um, jury trial demand from the Securities Exchange Commission. They say defendant Justin Sun, age 32, is a Chinese national and crypto asset entrepreneur. Sun attended college in China and received a postgraduate degree from the University of Pennsylvania. For what it's worth, I've been trying to prove, I, I want proof of that and I have not been able to hear, like see valid proof that he got a postgraduate degree from um, the University of Pennsylvania. It's very likely true, but I'm just, I'm curious to see it proven. Sun is currently the permanently the permanent resident of Granada to the World Trade Organization and be living in Singapore and or Hong Kong. So do you want to talk about Granada first? I do want to talk about Granada. I do want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. So for what it's worth, uh, there was a rumor online that Justin Sun had lost his Gr Granadian citizenship and his ambassadorship, or as they call it, permanent representative to the World Trade Organization, uh, his title had been revoked. This has not been proven yet, but what I what I did was I called the Foreign Affairs Office about five times, I emailed them two or three times, um, they have not responded. Uh, I sent them the article that Protos wrote uh, about how it seems like he has lost that, uh, yeah, lost that title. They, they have not responded to me. So, well, as, but what they did say, yes, what they did say is that there has been a change in the change in the diplomatic core of the Grenadian Foreign Affairs Office. So I don't know what that means, but that's interesting. And they also said they were going to issue a formal statement about their representation at the World Trade Organization, which is not something you do, I feel like, if everything is going fine. But maybe, maybe they do. I don't know. Who knows? We and continue to have Justin Sun as our ambassador to the World Trade Organization, and we think he's this, yes. swell. Well, so We're I, really tired of the FUD coming from the SEC. It's impacting his ability to be an effective ambassador, and we want them to stop. Yeah. That's what I expect the formal statement to be. I don't <laughs> yeah. know about you. Yeah, well, I want to talk about this because I think there's uh, a couple levels here. One, I think... They're the best time for them to have acknowledged if if indeed he is not that that represent representative anymore. They should have acknowledged that probably before the SEC lawsuit came to light. Like it would have been better to to get it in front of that because now it, it would look like regardless if this was done a month ago, this would look like this would look like, oh, uh, so you guys are just going to get get rid of him because of an SEC lawsuit. Uh, so it'll look bad regardless. Right. Um, there's a history here uh, with the U.S. bullying Granada in general. Uh, bullying is like almost mm. a, we invaded the country. So um, America has invaded <laughs> Granada before to to get them to do our bidding. 
So the idea that we would suggest strongly that they stop allowing Justin Sun to be their representative at the WTO makes sense to me, but who knows? Um, well, uh, yeah, just the U.S. in general in geopolitics is a bit of a bully, that being one example. But like our current standing position is that if the ICC ever tries to try an American, we will invade Finland. <laughs> like that's literally our current yeah. stance as a nation is if you try <laughs> to try any of us for war crimes, we will invade you and commit more war crimes. So like, yeah, it, it's very plausible that the United States government is like, we expect there to be these new things coming towards Justin's son shortly. We think you should make him no longer an ambassador. Otherwise, random things might become far less convenient for you. Right, exactly. Banking stuff might be significantly more difficult suddenly. But okay, so that's that's the first level of this that I want to discuss. But the second part of the statement that they say is that he's believed to be living in Singapore, in Singapore and or Hong Kong. Um, so while this permanent representation to the World Trade Organization effectively allowed him to be to have diplomatic immunity within Geneva when he was on a diplomatic mission, it generally doesn't provide him with much shielding from extradited to the United States. Singapore makes so, a, a lot of sense for where he would be living to me. Um, I wouldn't expect him to get extradi extradited from Singapore. The only criminal who I can think of who who wasn't extradited but handed himself in was from Singapore was um, Arthur Hayes of BitMEX fame. Um, so I generally think you're relatively safe there. They basically, I would assume they go, hey, you got to go now if they have a problem with you. So I, I don't think they're going to extradite him if he is in Singapore. The Hong Kong part is a little bit, I'm unsure of that. Like, I don't think that Justin Sun is welcome in Hong Kong. I don't think he's welcome in China anymore. I, who knows? We talked about this. We talked about this way back in our episode just dedicated to Justin Sun, the many faces and citizenships of Justin Sun. And it is like this particularly vexing question to figure out whether or not he's welcome at all in China. Right. And like how, like, is he, we know he probably can't set foot in the United States or at least probably shouldn't. That same thing may be true for China. And so I would expect Singapore over Hong Kong as well for similar reasons. Anything is possible. You know, there's going to be people arguing that Hong Kong is not China, which I mean, like maybe he could step foot in Hong Kong and not get arrested versus mainland. It's, I don't know. I honestly don't know. Anything is, po again, anything is possible, but I have my doubts. There's also like a pretty wild story. I'm not going to vouch for this story, but the story that's going around is that Justin Sun was essentially smuggled out of mainland China and that his passport was never stamped to exit the country, which is why he's not being allowed back in. That. That's again, these are rumors. These are absolutely rumors. There's we do not know if any of this is true. We've only we're only able to vouch for what we've heard and from what we've like had people in Granada say to us, et cetera. Right. Like there's no we have no confirmation of any of this, but it is very interesting to see this in a legal document, I guess. Um, and yeah, a long time coming, a long time. coming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and before we move on from Justin's son, one, it feels great to see him get some amount of comeuppance after all these years. Like, this is a guy who has repeatedly 
sold coins with plagiarized or fucking blank white papers. This has been one of the worst actors in crypto for years. And so, like, something, even just the acknowledgement that his tokens look like securities feels like some kind of progress here. But we should talk about the market manipulation because it's it's exactly what you would expect, which is to say that Justin used the Tron Foundation, The this is allegedly, of course, the Tron Foundation, the BitTorrent Foundation, and Rainberry Incorporated, which was part of BitTorrent when he purchased it, to wash trade Tron with the goal of creating the appearance of higher volume that naturally existed to make it seem like more people were interested in it than they were, and specifically to keep the price afloat, is what the SEC alleges. So it wasn't just volume manipulation, they were trying to manipulate the price. And there's even a few more interesting details about this in the lawsuit. Allegedly, they stole one of the employees' information to open up an account in their name and with their, like, identification and stuff without their knowledge in order to do this scheme. And they even describe one message that was given from one member of the Tron Foundation to the people actually participating in this wash trading scheme where they said, remember, the boss reminded us of the need to increase trade volume. Oh, and the kicker, the Tron they were using for this trading, for this wash trading, was Justin's sons that he lent to them specifically for this purpose. Nice. And that's really, I think, kind of the layer through all of these specific allegations is that Justin's son, the SEC alleges, was involved in directing every single step. They're not just going after like the foundations themselves and like using Justin Sun affiliated, they allege it like each step that Justin Sun specifically directed these things. Justin Sun specifically sent these wires. Justin Sun specifically lent these Tron. He has implicated every single step of the way. Tron uh, up 11% on this news for what, it, for what it's worth. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck that. I never even looked because, like, why the fuck would you do that? Why? Why would it be up? Fuck me. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, actually, let me give a quick check on um, – I'm going to go ahead and check BTT as well. Let me go ahead and just check BTT token. <clears throat> I forget BitTorrent token exists for Bit long periods of time. Bit and then it'll come back into my mind. And I'm like, holy shit, another Justin Sun scheme where he made up a token that had no real purpose and it still exists. It's like, it's, it's exhausting. BitTorrent is, for what it's worth, BitTorrent is down, I think. Uh, where is BitTorrent listed? Is it only Justin Sun exchanges? Uh, let's check markets. Uniswap, of course, um, that makes sense. Number one, Binance is, oh, Binance, Wobi. Wobi is the number one volume, of course. Uh, of course. But then Binance. But Binance still listed. Binance listed, yeah. Um, but that just means that Justin Sun is trading it over on Binance. It doesn't, it's not like CZ is even probably helping him anymore. Um, okay, woo, well, that was fun. Um, so that's our Justin Sun update. I think that pretty much covers it, right? Yeah, I mean, we could get more into details on some of it, but Justin Sun manipulated markets, paid celebrities, told them not to disclose they were paid, and created a bunch of unregistered securities. Things we basically knew two days ago, but it's good to have the SEC confirm them for us, you know? We knew like three years ago, but yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I, what, what I'm saying is like <laughs> the lawsuit didn't change our knowledge, except on some of these details. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about uh, the Coinbase 
Wells notice now. Let's move on to that. Um, I, tell me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a rumor a while ago that Coinbase had gotten a Wells notice and Paul Grewal, their their general counsel, replied that they had definitely not received a Wells notice? Yeah. So let's just dive right into the thick of it then. Right after Kraken settled with the SEC, there was a rumor going around. Right, pause, pause. Uh, what is a Wells notice? Can you can you yes, define a that? A Wells notice is the last thing the SEC sends you before they sue you. It's like they're saying, we are at this point intending to bring this lawsuit. We are notifying of it. You have it so you can begin your defense. And if you have any last things you want to tell us, now is your opportunity. That's the Wells notice. And you're right. After Kraken settled with the SEC over their staking product, Bloomberg, I think it was, reported that Coinbase had received a similar Wells notice related to their staking product. You're right that I think Paul came out and denied that at the time, but apparently they've found the Wells notice in the interim. Um, and yes, yeah, so the Coinbase apparently got a Wells notice from the SEC that they say told them that there were issues with their prime brokerage, some of the tokens they were trading, and one of their staking products. And this is something I wanted to tease out a little bit because Coinbase is being a little bit coy with it. One of the products named in this Wells Notice is apparently their Coinbase Earn product, which they're trying to say is just a staking product, but it's not. Several of the coins in the Coinbase Earn product aren't staked, but lent out on Compound, first of all. And second of all, Coinbase has two staking products. They have Coinbase Cloud, which offers a non-custodial staking product, and Coinbase Earn, which very similarly to Kraken, aggregates customer deposits and uses Coinbase efforts to go and return the staking reward. Coinbase Earn got named in the Wells Notice, apparently. Coinbase's Cloud, non-custodial staking service, did not. So, the... Coinbase is trying to claim that the SEC is out to get staking. That's been their lead up over the last few weeks, right? But the SEC apparently isn't interested in at least one of Coinbase's staking products. They're only interested in the custodial one. And even that custodial one that Coinbase is trying to create this narrative is just about protocol staking isn't. They're lending on Compound. For what, it, for what it's worth, I want to point this out. Coinbase down 15, 14, 15% today. So um, Coinbase, not a shit coin in the sense that it, it isn't only traded by Justin Sun with himself. So you actually have a market reaction to bad news, which is it goes down significantly. Um, but yes, okay, so this is bad news. It, it, it sounds like Brian Armstrong and Paul Grewal and team are going to be fighting it. Is that, am I getting that right? That's what they said they were doing before they announced this Wells notice. And so I have to figure that's still the plan. The plan couldn't have changed in seven days, right? I, I <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's not a fair question to you. You're not Paul Grewal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, it's, it is, uh, anything is possible now. You know, I, I have no idea <laughs> what's happening anymore. Um, I feel like, it's not about market free fall anymore, but since FTX, since the collapse of FTX, it's just been like watching to see where the dominoes fall next, you know? 
yeah, broadly, broadly what I think this all means, let's, let's put some things together. Let's connect some dots here. Justin Sun, one, Tron is a very large cryptocurrency. Like we got it kind of this tension a little bit, like when we were talking with Lawrence and Josh and when we were talking, um, and in some of those conversations like, like that, we got it. There are people around the world who do use Tron for things. They do exist, right? But like, I think the federal government no longer believes crypto deserves patience. For a long time, crypto was treated as kind of this experiment where its relative harms were moderate. And so it was okay for it to be kind of this playground, this sandbox where people had this opportunity to scam each other and do all this other BS. Because the federal government didn't want to come in and be the ones who destroyed innovation, who stopped something new from potentially developing. That's changed. I think if you look at the economic report to the president, they really are anti-crypto in several parts of it, laying out that it doesn't work as money, it's a bad investment, it does, has all these harms to the environment, yada, yada, yada. And now we see the SEC going after Tron, one of the largest coins, was my point, going after Coinbase, one of the largest exchanges. And we saw this change in the demeanor towards the bank servicing cryptocurrency, whether you want to go with the choke point 2.0 narrative that's been going around, or just look at it as a reassessment of the relative risk of cryptocurrency for criminality, however you want to think about it, it seems to have occurred. And so across all these different things, banking, securities, commodities, and all these other areas, the federal government no longer is waiting to see what happens with crypto. They, we seem to have reached the point where they have decided it is time to enforce against larger crypto actors. One of the largest exchanges in the U.S., one of the largest tokens, and to really start pressuring the banks to consider whether or not this business is worth it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Coinbase has settled with the SEC before, or the CFTC or the SEC, I don't remember which, or both. Probably both. Probably both. Um, but they, this is not the first time you know, they've had to deal with this. Um, so I just want to caveat this with, it doesn't necessarily mean like Coinbase is screwed or, oh, no. right? Like we're, we're just we're just identifying that there has been a Wells notice, uh, which they already acknowledged, and that if they're going to fight it, it's going to be lengthy and awful. I would still expect it to be a settlement. Like, yeah. Yeah. That, I, but like part of the reason that's kind of interesting is the is Coinbase's version of events is they've been going into the SEC over these last months or years or whatever to try to figure out if there's some path towards registration and what that looks like. And Coinbase contends that those conversations never led towards any kind of path towards registration. We talked way back in our ETF episode with James Safard and everything like that. I think what the SEC wants is full surveillance into every single cryptocurrency exchange even for the assets that they're not necessarily calling securities yet, and they want them to live up to the standards of, like, regular securities exchanges. And again, going back to the economic report to the president, they talk about breaking out all the different functions, like between brokerage and exchange and all these different things, rather than those being combined together. I think the SEC really wants these businesses to look meaningfully different than they do right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Regulatory uh, regulatory enforcement is definitely <laughs> happening right now. Uh, I, there, there's no doubt about it anymore. Uh, people desperately were desperately were suggesting um, that they wanted clarity, regulatory clarity, and I think 
this might not be the clarity they wanted, but you are getting clarity now. And I don't necessarily, I also take, I take a bit of issue with the way they're doing it now. It does feel like, although I have no idea what's happening behind the scenes. No one does, right? Maybe the SEC is reaching out to these companies and these individuals like repeatedly and trying to work with, I have no idea. Um, well, on the note of regulatory clarity, which you brought up there, back when John Reed Stark was in, we talked about how in some sense there has been a lot of clarity, right? Like the Dow report way back in like the end of 2017 or the beginning of 2018 or whenever the SEC actually finished that thing, basically said all these ICO models and stuff are securities. And different communications since then have outlined some of the other stuff like the airdrops and other consideration can be sale of securities as well. It was just never taken that seriously. And like we saw referenced in the Justin Sun lawsuit, the Dow report and some of the earlier SEC communications about airdrops and stuff. And like used as part of this argument that Justin obviously should have known that this behavior was breaking the SEC's recommendations because they had previously issued these reports and these communications and stuff like that. And as this person in this industry, he was clearly going to be aware of them or was negligent in not knowing them. And in the same sense, the SEC has basically said Said, not in so many words, but that they want these exchanges to come in and basically act like securities exchanges and be registered as securities exchanges. And none of them really want to do that because that's a far less profitable and beneficial model for them. And so they act as though there hasn't been clarity, even on issues on which the SEC has relatively clearly communicated. Like the Dow report is, I think, a really compelling piece of like crypto history to read because it shows the SEC's thinking on a whole bunch of these different token systems and when and when they aren't securities. But it's like very rarely cited by these figureheads in the crypto industry. On that note, I think a few people have requested that we talk about something else that happened today. Um, there's one last thing we'll get to at the very end that obviously I think both of us are pretty happy about. But um the other big news, uh, there's a lot of news that dropped, but the other big but the other big news thing was that Hindenburg Research, which has been at the helm of quite a few intense shorts um, and productive shorts in terms of <laughs> like money making um, and the largest the largest uh, fraud ever, like I think they argue with uh, and or whatever mm. Adnani or whatever it's yeah. called. Um, yeah, so they released a report on Block, formerly um, Jack Dorsey's, I don't know what you would like want to call it, cash cash app kind of. Fintech. Yeah, yeah, yeah a fintech-related company here. Um, basically suggesting that they are, like, moving KYC, AML-free money, do, doing fraud, doing the fraud, <laughs> doing the fraud, doing the law breaking. Um, yeah. Any comment on, on the Hindenburg research report? I have not read the full report yet, so I'm a little bit reticent to comment. I read through all the bullet points, so I'm ahead of a lot of the people commenting on it on Twitter, but that's still not the full report. Um, I think that, and we talked about this a little bit when Rohan Gray was on to talk about the Stable Act, a lot of these money transmitters exist to get around banking regulations, right? And, like, they even discussed that in the Hindenburg report that, like, in order to avoid the regulations on interchange fees for 
institutions above a certain size, they route all their stuff to a much smaller institution and keep only like a tiny portion there at a time so they can charge the higher fees to help like inflate their revenue and stuff like that. And so like that seems like the kind of trickery that we see all the time across many of these industries. Oh, the rule says this. The rule doesn't explicitly forbid me from doing this kind of thing, right? Maybe. I think I can get away with it. And so, like, we see a lot of that type of behavior across the financial sector. And so, yeah, it's very plausible to me that we, we're going to see something like that again with Block. I intend to read the full report and have even thought about, like, making a video on it. But it's... Hindenburg doesn't miss very often. Yeah, got to be troubling for um, <laughs> for uh, Jack that day I put this out. Um, they're also down 15% today. So also not a Justin Sun shitcoin. Congratulations. You react to news. You are an actually <laughs> traded asset. That's great. Um, markets markets are rational except when they're being washed traded by Justin Sun. Exactly. <laughs> That's going to get clipped and get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> From who? From who? Justin Sun? I don't know. Markets are What are you going to do? Arrest me? Irrational. There's other irrational markets and some of them aren't even manipulated. Some irrational markets aren't even manipulated. going to do? Oh, arrest me. Um, okay. Yeah, we're going to do arrest me in Montenegro. Speaking of which, yeah, let's get on to the final bullet point bullet point of the day which is just the best kind of news. This is the news I think almost everyone can agree is just good news. Do Kwon, the creator, founder of the stablecoin Ponzi, Luna Terra, um, has been arrested in which, if you're not familiar, it is in Europe. It is located just above Albania, which is just above Greece. So it's it's on the Mediterranean and uh, where is it? Well, it's next to Serbia, which is where he was last supposed to be, um, which means he utilized the fluid border of Serbia, which we had, sp I don't know if we spoke about it here, but it was uh, spoken about in Protos, um, that if he was in Serbia, it was because there are ex there are extremely fluid borders there. Um, if you look at the map, they are, they're next to like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven countries, seven, eight countries. Like there's a lot of places you could possibly sneak into from Serbia. So it's a nice location if you are on the run, which he definitely wasn't. He said he definitely was not on the run. Um, a fake Costa Rican passport, which is like, you know. Which everyone who's not on the run has. Everyone, everyone has keeps one. fake passports, especially when they're not on the run. Everybody has one. I think you got to cut the guys some And slack. they're also <laughs> impossible for authorities to serve, right? Like South Korea has been trying to find him for weeks now, right? And like saying they couldn't find him. And like the other courts have been saying they can't find him, but sure, not on the run. That's about as good as, no, I'm just going fast across the water. So I just love one that he was trying to pose as I, like, I assume this dude does not know any Spanish. Maybe he does. Maybe he knows Spanish and I'm getting this totally wrong, but I assume he doesn't. Yeah, maybe he was, maybe he was probably practicing while he was in Serbia. Um, but I assume this guy doesn't know Spanish very well. And if he does, his accent is probably horrendous. That's my assumption. And you're not going to be able to speak with a bunch of um, <laughs> native Spanish speakers in Serbia. So practicing is going to be <laughs> relatively tough. Um, but okay, so he's pretending to be Costa Rican. Um, so he goes to an international airport. Like, do you think they don't check this stuff 
It's an international airport, Duke. Um, I'm convinced he's not nearly as smart as everyone thinks he was uh, or is. So I, I, I'm convinced this dude is, is kind of stupid. He goes to an international airport, tries to travel out of it with a fake Costa Rican passport, instantly gets caught because of course he does, um, and is now likely to get extradited back to South Korea, which is where this whole story starts. That's where this Wait. whole story starts. We should also mention, because I don't think we've mentioned it on here, because, like, there's been so many more important things than Daquan going on, but he's also being sued by the SEC again. This time over, like, Terraform Labs and Terran Luna. There was already the Mir-related one, now there's another one. He's getting double sued by the SEC now. So besides being extradited to South Korea, he will eventually have to deal with that. You're trying to show off your... Yeah, cheers your to, yeah, cheers to Daquan. Cheers, cheers to Joe Kwan, no my 80, 85% yield, um, anchor beer, you know, if they want to, sub, sub, or, you know, just give us 125% yield on well, Cascoin. Um, yeah, we'll let them fund the new Cascoin <laughs> anchor protocol. Yeah. That's going to revolutionize the um, stablecoin industry. Cheers to Do Kwan, though. Cheers. Um, I, you know, I, I want to jump back because this is what I have been. I'm a geography nerd, obviously, Caspiancy, Caspiancy. Um, Hope he got to visit while he was out there. But <clears throat> anyway, um, I'm I'm looking at a map, a, a, a globe, a globe, globe. I'm looking at Google Maps, um, <laughs> and so this whole story starts in Seoul, South Korea. Um, I, I I like the idea that you were looking at a globe and it was just positioned slightly behind your camera. Yeah, right there. No one else can see it, but you can. <laughs> that's all it's I there. look at. Trust is a globe you guys. All there's the a globe there. <laughs> that's all I'm. That's all I'm looking at. Um, no, yeah. So. This starts in Seoul, South Korea. Then he moves down south to Singapore, um, which is, again, supposedly where Justin's son is. Probably Maybe. not for long. Probably not for long, if that is where he is. Um, wasn't, there a, so, wasn't there a rumor son made his way to Dubai or something like that? And then that? I was going to say, so then the rumor was that he had gone to Dubai, which is the United Arab Emirates, um, which is in, in Africa, Africa, Middle East, or Middle East, not Africa, Middle East. Um, I mean, kind of I guess it depends on what you depends on what you call the Middle East. It's between Asia and Africa, right? Um, so <clears throat> anyway, he goes to the UAE. Apparently he's not there for very long and immediately moves to Serbia and then makes his way to Montenegro. Now, like, that is insane. Like, that is insane. The amount of traveling and traversing of the globe that he was doing to avoid law enforcement and authorities is kind of incredible and mind-boggling. He went to an active, like, violent, tense, almost war, well, war zone to avoid getting we know, arrested. We know he wasn't on the run. We have to assume this was a vacation trip. And he With was what just money? Seeing it's all, all, all his billions places. of dollars that were his billions of dollars. Millions. He said millions. He said billions. Point. He said billions. Well, they were. No, no, but they were. It all, all now his, they're millions. Soon they'll be thousands and then they'll just be dozens. I will say this. I do think that I was I, as I was driving around earlier, that that I I imagine being on the run. I've done uh, I did an article on Medium a long time ago called the uh, Death Fraud, and it was about it was about Gerald Cotton, the uh, former founder of um, the the founder of Quadriga CX, and Episode this six. this idea this idea of right, this idea of um, somebody trying to run away from authorities and people who want them dead or want money from them for the rest of their lives. And that it just is, 
a really difficult task. We also had Evan Ratliff on who doing, tried doing that for a month. He did an article about it, um, which is fantastic. You should all read it. Um, and it's insanely difficult to be on the run now. It just is, if you, especially if you have a million followers on Twitter and people know exactly what you look like. Um, God, I hope that there's a sweet mugshot. Maybe like bleached his hair and I, God, I hope. Please, please let him have like a big beard and bleached hair and stuff. I would love it. Um, but anyway, like it's insanely difficult to try to run, try to run and run away from authorities and stuff. And I do imagine that now that he is apprehended, it has to be some sort of weight off his shoulders. Honestly, he has to be like, okay, like I'm, I'm done now, you know? I've thought about that. Carolyn Ellison expresses that in some of the texts that have been released, like about Alameda and stuff, where on like November 11th, she's like, it's done. We're out of cash. We can't support FTT. Like, but at least it's over. Like there was some amount of weight taken off, off her shoulders. David Z. Morris, who we've had on the show before and who is one of my favorite writers and content creators in the cryptocurrency ecosystem, was tweeting today about how he's worried about Doquan's safety. Montenegro has a not insignificant organized crime element, which historically has had a um, meaningful amount of influence over the governance and policing of Montenegro. And even today... In Montenegro, the head of police was arrested on some corruption thing. On the very same day, they arrested Doquan. And so David was worried about the safety of Doquan. And I think there's some amount of legitimacy to that. We saw with OneCoin, right? No, no, we saw with OneCoin that, like, what's-her-face got killed in prison because she was connected to it. No, con no yeah. confirmation on that yet. No confirmation. Allegedly. On that. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. I, I, I want to make sure that that's, that's you're right. No, you're right. That's a fair thing to say. We don't know. She that could she could be alive. Happened. And I don't want us passing around the idea that she's dead if she's like totally fine and, and like safe out there. Yeah, no, it, it could have been a cover or something. But like the story right now is that she's there's a good chance she was taken out by her mafia handlers, especially essentially. And I think it's very plausible Daquan might have um, had some money from less savory elements of society. And he may not be in a particularly safe place right now. He may never be extradited because of that. Eh, I, look, I think there's always a good reason to worry about people um, being being in prison now ever since Epstein I don't know. We'll just say he died. Um, I don't know what to call it. Since since Jeffrey Epstein died, I think everyone wonders like, well, shit, you really got to pay attention and make sure that especially if someone you want to see them see justice, like you can't just let them get killed or or kill themselves or whatever, like whatever, like you want to actually render justice. So it's a it's a true and fair concern. I don't I don't think I don't think Doquan has much to worry about. And and let me just say that I the reason I'm suggesting something like that is that we've seen like I think Alexander Vinnick was arrested in Greece, which I would assume has similar kind of I don't know. It's the Balkans, you know, um, 
So I like I, I I just think that there's all sorts of criminal elements all over that area right now in general in terms of these like trade routes and weird things happening and it's everywhere, period. But like there in particular and Alexander Vinnick was able to get extradited. Like I would assume Do Kwan is going to get extradited. I am curious what the timeline is going to be, though. Um, um, like SBF was an exception to a rule. Like, oh, absolutely. You do not see somebody get extradited from one country to another in days a week at the most. Like that doesn't that just doesn't happen. So but but again, like we talked about earlier in geopolitics, the U.S. can be a little bit of a bully. If you're a small Caribbean nation, he's not right getting near extra- the United States. He's not getting extradited to the U.S. That is not no, where he's but been. SBF was. Sure, I see what you're saying. Okay, yeah, yeah, yes, fair enough, absolutely. Like, good, good, good point. Yeah, I, I think it. I think Alexander Vinnick was in prison for two or three years in Greece before he got extradited, and then he got extradited to France. So now he's in a, Fr- a French prison, and now the U.S. is requesting extradition. So he, like, he's. This the whole process, if he ever does get extradited to the US, which I don't think he has been yet, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he has been yet. Uh, and for what it's worth, God, I, we're going back here, but Alexander Vinnick supposedly drained the Mount Gox um, wallets and was the founder of BTCE, a money laundering defunct cryptocurrency exchange. Um, but yeah, it's so, lotto, but 2018, basically. Exactly. So this has been this has been a long time coming that he's he's it'll be probably six or eight years before he makes his way to America, if he ever does. Um, and I I would imagine I would imagine that Do Kwan isn't going to immediately get extradited from any like. I don't even know. I, maybe maybe he's better off in Montenegro than South Korea, to be quite honest with you. I'm not sure. I know he has good connections in South Korea, but like a lot of people want that dude dead there. Um, and I mean that literally like there are people whose life savings went into that protocol and hate they despise that man. So I don't know. I have no idea like where he's safest. Um, but I would be scared but relieved that I'm not on the run anymore. Yeah. And I get that. And like you talked about that in death fraud, and I think we touched on it. Like you said, with Evan Ratliff and stuff, going on the run is really rough. You're away from your friends, your family, all the things that were important to you before. It is, it's not an enjoyable state of being. And if you can avoid being a fugitive in your life, you probably should. Yeah. Um, Hoping that we don't have to do another live stream for a while. Uh, this do we try to only do this when there's crazy, crazy stuff going on? Um, and this has been a wild, wacky week. Um, and we're not even touching on any of the bank, the bank stuff, which I definitely have opinions about, and definitely am unhappy with the way VCs have behaved, and and also the way that the uh, you know I don't know the way the Federal Reserve has behaved the way regulators have very unhappy with all of that, but you know, that's an episode in and in and of itself. Yeah. Well, at least cast coin anchor is still working. Get your yield, man. It's second 7,000%. I don't know. I, anything I say, that's the yield. That's how cast coin works. 
<laughs> and if it doesn't look like enough people are interested, we'll just steal some employee information, set up an account in their name, and start wash trading it. Cast coin is fine. 